Hey, thanks for stopping by to listen to the Autism in Action podcast, where we help families connect with resources, services, support, and all things autism. Hi, I'm Tasha Rollins, your host and certified autism spectrum disorder clinical specialist from South Carolina. And hi, I am Chris Hansen, executive function coach and founder of Life Skills Advocate in Washington State. We hope you enjoy today's show. Hey everybody, this is Tasha Rollins. I just wanted to give you a quick announcement. I've got a new book coming out. It will be published on December 13th. It's called Autismology, an Autism Dictionary. It's meant to serve as a desk reference for any medical professional, educator, uh, parents, grandparents, you know, all of our family members, neighbors. It is a wonderful resource to help educate everyone on autism. I spent the last four years comprising all of this information uh, in one place for you. Again, Autismology and Autism Dictionary. Go check it out anywhere you can buy books online, Amazon, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, the list goes on and on. Um, but please feel free. You can also visit my website, www.tasharollins.com. Um, and we'll also list it here on the podcast website, autisminactionpodcast.com. Thank you so much. And I look forward to getting feedback about the Autismology Autism Dictionary. Please feel free to reach out. Let me know your thoughts. If you run across additional words that are not in there, please feel free to send me an email. And we'll be happy to try to incorporate that in future revisions of the dictionary. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Autism in Action podcast. Today we have another very special guest for you. We've got Dr. New. He is with Bioenergy Medical Center in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Thank you so much for taking time to be here today. It's such a pleasure to be here. Well, I can't wait for our listeners to hear all about what it is that you are doing. Um, you've got some amazing work for the autism community. Yeah, we, you know, I, I got involved with all this stuff. I, I started my practice back in 1988 uh, in Ann Arbor. And, you know, at the time, the idea was to get to the underlying cause of whatever the patient had. So if somebody came in with high blood pressure, we would look at why they had high blood pressure and treat it from that perspective. So, uh, you know, I started seeing autism patients maybe in the 90s, but, you know, all through my training, I'd never seen a, a kid on the spectrum. And, and it was something new to me that got me involved in defeat autism. Autism Now uh, in the mid 2000s. And that was very eye opening. The idea that there was so much biochemistry and knowledge behind behavior. I thought psychiatry was psychiatry. It was this own little group of disorders where the only solution was medications or herbs that worked like medications. And I found out that these kids all had individual disorders. Uh, and that got me involved with the subsequent organization called MAPS, which is Medical Academy of Pediatric Special Needs. Um, and 
and that's the organization that I'm, I'm now uh, one of the co-chairs uh, in the in creating the conferences for MAP. So we've come a long way in our understanding of what causes autism and sort of the message I want to get out to your listeners or anybody in this entire world is autism is treatable. I mean, there are many pathways to lead to autism. Some of them are much more treatable than others, but in all cases, there's much more than we can do for these kids other than just offer ADA, speech therapy, occupational therapy, that sort of stuff. And that's really what I've been doing at my practice in Ann Arbor. Now, when did you guys first go into business? When did you start Bioenergy Medical Center? <laughs> 1988, however long ago that was, that's many, many, many years ago. Um, you know, there's definitely a, a steep learning curve in, in the integrative medicine world. Uh, you know, I think about what I know now versus what I knew then. And, you know, half the time I want to go back and call up all those patients and give them their money back because I didn't know anything. Um, and, and even five years ago compared to what I know now, I mean, the, the information has just been coming through like drinking from a fire hose. Uh, and that's been great. I mean, the, you know, you got to remember 1988, there wasn't much of an internet. It's not like I could go on PubMed uh, through my uh, uh, internet and, and look up articles. I actually had to go to the library and look right. up articles. So that's how long ago that was. So we've come a long way in our ability to share knowledge. And as a result of that, it's been a, this exponential growth in our ability to uh, treat anything. I mean, not just autism, but treat all kinds of disorders that you know, are kind of outside of the reach of mainstream medicine. What is it that you feel parents really should know um, you know, when they approach you, come into the clinic and, you know, the medical center to seek your advice and, and seek out treatment, what's the number one thing you think that they should be aware of? Well, I mean, the biggest thing that any parent should know is that nutrition and diet makes a huge difference in outcome for these kids. I mean, unfortunately, there is something, I, I believe it should be like in a, in a registry somewhere called the autism diet. And these kids get so restricted in what they're eating. You know, it's got to be uh, chicken McNuggets from McDonald's. It can't be from anywhere else. It's got to be fruit roll-ups and maybe French fries, maybe pizza, maybe string cheese. I mean, you, 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 put together the five or six foods that these kids will eat and there's almost no nutrition in it. So part of the challenge is how do you get nutrition into your child? And this is something any parent can do. I'm not saying it's easy, but this is something any parent can start working on. You know, how do I sneak some vegetables into this kid's diet? How do I get some fruit into this kid's diet? How do I get some nutrients into this kid's diet? Because that little change can start making a huge difference. You know, we read about some of these diets that are out there, like gluten casein free diet or the the uh, low glycemic diet. You know, the 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 um, um, uh, specific carbohydrate diet or FODMAPs or any of these things that are out there. I don't think you need to go that extreme to start. You know, start by just figuring out ways to get better nutrition into your kid's uh, uh, diet. And yes, I think any kid on the spectrum should do at least a trial of a gluten casein free diet. You just have to figure out how to do it. Right. Again, back to those chicken McNuggets. What does your child like about the chicken McNuggets? Is it the texture? Is it the taste? Is it the smell? Uh, I know there's cookbooks out there that have like 40 or 50 different recipes for chicken nuggets, depending on what your kid likes. 
right? But you have to figure that out because that's something you can do on your own. You don't have to go see a specialist like myself to do that. And that can start making a, a, a difference. I mean, parents have recovered their kids just with changing the diet. So diet's critical. That, that's the one take home message. You know, everybody's looking for that magic supplement. I don't think there is one or that magic treatment. You know, we're going to do stem cells. We're going to do fecal transplants. We're going to do whatever the latest thing is. Well, that's all fine and dandy. But if you don't have diet under control, none of that stuff's really going to work very well. Very, very true. Our bodies and our brains new, need those nutrients. And the only way that we're going to get them is if we're eating a balanced diet and having that intake of the correct foods. So that is great advice. What else would you like to share with our listeners today? Well, I, you know, the big thing is, is to understand that regardless of what you read about with autism, that there are many paths that lead to autism, right? So, I mean, you'll read about autism and it's like, oh, the gut, the gut, the gut. And yes, gut health is extremely important with autism. If you look at the numbers, you know, 80% of kids on the autism spectrum have an overgrowth of clostridia, which is a, a fermenting bacteria, or they have some sort of imbalance in the bacteria. 20 to 30% of kids on the spectrum have a problem with chronic yeast, they're forever growing yeast in their gut. And if you treat it, they get better. But that doesn't mean 100% have those problems, right? So if, you got, if you've got a kid on the spectrum who doesn't have digestive problems, they don't have a bloated belly. They don't have constipation or diarrhea or the kind of bowel movements that, you know, clear out the room and you got to fumigate the house when they're done. If they don't have those kinds of problems, maybe they don't have a gut problem. Maybe they have some other type of issue. So, you know, you also have the issue of the immune system. You know, about 70% of kids with autism have this encephalitis, inflammation of their brain. And it's probably autoimmune encephalitis, like it's coming from their own immune system. But again, that's 68, 70%. Still not 100%. So if you're going to go off on a tangent to say, oh, my kid has one of these uh, brain inflammation syndromes like PANS or PANDAS, well, that's great unless they don't have that problem. In which case, all the thing you're, things you're doing over here aren't going to work. You'll hear about a lot about environmental toxicity, and we can talk in more depth about that. But one of the ha things that happens with environmental toxicity is kids will get problems with histamine. You know, they'll get rashy and itchy and swollen, congested, and have the shiners under their eyes. Well, that's great. You can do all these antihistamine things for them. But if they don't have those symptoms, that's not going to work. So the important thing is there are many pathways that lead to autism. My job as a physician is to figure out which one of those pathways or, or which ones of those pathways got this kid to where they're at right now because the answers for treatment are gonna to be to, tr to work on those pathways. So maybe we do need to work on the immune system. We need to work on the gut and, and maybe even hormones or autoimmunity or whatever it is we need to deal with. With that being said, where can our listeners find more information about you and your work online? Yeah, so for me personally, uh, I have a website. It's bioenergymedicalcenter.com. Um, as much as I hate Google, I'll say if you Google my name, you'll pull me up. Um, the other place to look for, because you know I'm just one doctor in the Midwest, uh, is to look at medmaps.org. That's the group I belong to. These are not just doctors, these are practitioners. So we have MDs, DOs, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, chiropractors, uh, nutritionists, just people that are involved in, in uh, managing autism uh, that belong to that group. So that's a, a 
decent resource to find people that have been through some training, that have some knowledge uh, of, of the biomedical approach to autism. Um, and there's a lot of information there. There's also conferences. Um, you know, one conference I love, I, I always call it the Wild West of Autism, is Autism One. They have that typically over Memorial Day in the spring. Now with, with COVID, it's been shifted around and uh, the last one was actually over Labor Day. Hopefully when the dust settles from all this, they'll go back to having their conference in, in uh, over Memorial Day. But the nice thing about that conference is that it's designed for parents and practitioners. And you'll kind of get the latest, greatest cutting edge uh, information on autism, but you'll also get sort of the basics, the gut, the immune system, you know, some of the basic things that are out there for autism. So those are a few resources for parents to look at. Great. That is great insight. Thank you so much for sharing that. Everybody go check out bioenergymedicalcenter.com. Is there anything at all that you would like our listeners to know today? I just, I, I want parents to know, don't lose hope. Don't give up on your kid. There are going to be answers out there. We can always make kids better. We can't recover everybody, but just remember autism is treatable. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much, Tasha. Thanks again for stopping by the Autism in Action podcast, where we have you covered from the East Coast to the West Coast for all things autism. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please visit autisminactionpodcast.com and subscribe to receive our weekly emails, sign up for future webinars, and check out some of our online resources. See you again soon.